So, so how is the book organised? I see you've got uh, sort of an introduction to the genre of films and then approaches to different 20th century history segments. Um, to, talk to me about that. Yeah, I, uh, I sort of introduced sort of the history of these films and, uh, and sort of the, the concept of sponsorship, you know, tracking down who paid for it and, and how that impacts, um, impacts things. And then, um, and then sort, of, sort of move into ways to use these in the classroom a little bit at the end of the introduction. Um, not just as – because one of the things we do in history classes, and, and we're sort of not- notorious for this, is – Oh gosh, I really hate talking about labor politics in the '40s. Here's a movie, you know, wake me with when it's over, right? Um, so using the films as sort of an active learning experience is is sort of is sort of the goal. Um, so the introduction talks about uh, talks about the history of the films and then some ways to use them in the classroom, and then, uh, like you said, I sort of go chronologically from sort of the pre-1930s era, sort of the silent film in the 1920s era, the uh, 1930s and the Great Depression, World War II, and if I'm remembering correctly, there, it's sort of divided up between um, sort of how the war was presented to the American public, the actual conduct of the war, and then sort of films that dealt with the domestic side of things. Uh, instructional films on how to be a uh, factory manager when everybody working for you is a woman um, and the differences that might cause that one's that one's nuts um, but uh, apparently the problem is that are women is the upshot but um, and then sort of the, the Cold War in the 1960s and then then post 19 so sort of chronologically and interspersed in those chapters as I discuss, specific films um and and this is part of the format of the series rather than something i came up with are ideas for discussion questions uh essay writing prompts things like that sort of related to the films i discuss but that also can be adapted for uh for any number of films you find on your own uh, on your own out there and then at the end there's um there's some more sort of pedagogical resources, uh, sample syllabus, sort of going through a schedule of, of you know what topics you would cover in a modern U.S. history class and what films fit with those topics, not just ones that uh, I discussed in the book, but but some other ones as well. Um, there's a bit of discussion about uh, about where to find these things, what to do with them, a little bit of guidance about um, the use and usefulness of um, editing little bits out of the films. If you want to show a clip from this one, a clip from that one without showing individual films, the uh, public domain nature of these uh, makes it so you don't have to worry about breaking any laws if you download it and chop it up and do whatever you want with it. Or even um, if you're more ambitious than than I usually am, um, have students create uh, create a series of clips from these uh, to uh, to illustrate a point as a as a class project. Um, the only problem with that is you you as a faculty member end up not just teaching your subject, you end up teaching how to edit film and <laughs> yes. how to use the software and and, and becoming yeah. a, a technical support office as yes. well, which um, which is difficult. Maybe so, maybe for media um, that, yeah, not for history yeah, teachers. Yeah, it's like, you know what? Downstairs <laughs> is the media arts and entertainment program right. and they will teach you how to do all this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Actually, it would be a, a pretty neat joint project between my students and their students to use these things to I, I should do that, actually. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's generally how the book's organized. It's sort of chronological um, 
chronological generally yeah. yes have you uh, road tested it with uh, fellow history teachers or other what what sort of feedback are you getting so far um the, the feedback i'm getting is um is is generally generally good and uh, most of the most of the colleagues i work with and, and and when i've talked about this sort of thing at conferences uh, around the country uh, people are familiar with these things one thing that people aren't familiar with sometimes is just how available they are um if you haven't been looking on the internet in the last five or ten years, uh, what you might have is a memory of having to buy a videotape full of bad quality copies of these things, or um, you know, or or go, at worst, going into an archive and having to actually find somebody who can digitize 16 millimeter film. And and I, I tell people these things are all out there and free, and it's it's amazing. Now, one thing as far as short films and, and in history class goes that that sort of has been a standby is uh, is short cartoons from world war ii um they're a little harder to get a to get a hold of um without you know having to pay money or things because they aren't public superman isn't public domain so superman saving an american bomber from japanese saboteurs you're gonna have to find that on a, on a dvd somewhere Depending on on how one interprets uh, fair use and and copyright in the classroom, um, and I urge people to talk to your people on campus about what your college finds acceptable. Um, anything involving Disney is always very very touchy. They like to sue. Um, so wonderful Donald Duck cartoons from World War II. I'm comfortable showing them in the classroom. I would not be comfortable uploading my copy of it to an online course management system. I mean, so there's those issues. But the cartoons have always been very popular with uh, with history teachers. It's the, um, the, the sort of seemingly boring fact-based ones that are a, a little more uh, a little more difficult to use. And once you sort of tell them approach it as a primary source that they don't have to read. Um, light bulb sort of goes off yeah that's that's a good idea yeah 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 definitely i love some of the other ones that you mentioned in the introduction you know the the ideological importance of shopping centers i want to see that one that sounds fantastic um and yeah, that one's good yeah and some of the other one but, but just that and you mentioned before you know the mental hygiene films um just fascinating you know and 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 a phrase i want to pick up on you said you know it's a uniquely american experiment in social engineering explain what you mean by that um there was i mean some of these films they existed in other countries of of course but in the united states you had a couple of things come together in the 1950s especially that that made it and what i'm saying is I'm not saying that it was unique to America. I'm saying the way that it was done in America was so sort of in sarcasm quotes American uh, at the time. This was seen as a way to defend our society against ideological enemies like the communists. It was seen as a way to promote American industry. So it had economic benefits. It was an example of how during the Cold War, the federal government became more involved with mechanisms of education, uh, which previously had been almost solely funded and dealt with by the state and local levels. But during the 50s and 60s, you start to have the federal government do things like um, create films for classrooms and sponsor films for classrooms and uh, provide 
uh, provide projection equipment and not just the army surplus stuff. As years went on, there was federal funding to, um, to do these things. And so that material combined with the, um, the sort of capitalist urge of these, these companies, some of them very small, um, uh, Coronet films and, uh, and some of the other small companies, these were very tiny outfits, um, out in, out in, uh, young America films out in Kansas. Um, if you watch them, you'll notice the same teenagers who are probably about 30 pop up in every single film because they only, and you know, one student pointed out, why was he yelling at her like that? And uh, some other students pointed out correctly, it wasn't really any sort of subtext. These are just really bad actors. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's, there's that as well. But there's this, this sense that this is – if you're looking for examples of, of how the Cold War changed the United States – this emphasis not just on good behavior, but good behavior as something that is going to strengthen our country in the face of an intractable enemy, is um, is is just you know very uh, very apparent the more of these films you watch. Mm-hmm. And just again, just picking out bits from from what you'd written there is an example of. Uh something called safety zone from the rubber industry. And I just, with the way you described it, you said salespeople from the rubber industry would go into people's homes and show these films to demonstrate yes. you know, the need for new tires and things like that. And I just have this mental picture of, you know, someone knock, knock, hello, can I come in and set up a 16 mil projector in, projector in your lounge room? And they probably, yeah. you know, they had the novelty factor on this. Oh yes, please. Why not? You know, what, what a scene, you know, how, how did that work? What, what an amazingly inefficient way to yes. sell anything. <laughs> I'm going to come and watch a movie with you in your home. Yeah, you know, yeah. please, please don't call the police or hit me. You know, it, it's, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's amazing. And, and, and that's another way you can use this as an example to uh, discuss with students how, how marketing has changed over the years. So the, these films aren't just good for history teachers. They're, um, you can use this in a business class. You can use this in, in English classes. And in, just um, if, you're, if you're discussing rhetoric and persuasion, um, these films are, uh, are, are useful for that as well. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of leeway in, in, in the ways and in the, the situations these can be used. Yeah, it's fantastic. They know what they're fighting against, and they know what they're fighting for their country, and for the American ideals that are part of their upbringing. Democracy, freedom, equality of opportunity, regardless of race, creed, or ancestry.